Do you own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little-known truths about annuities, like how to help reduce your fees and increase retirement income. And it's free. That's right, free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report just for calling. We researched over 1,000 annuities and summarized rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. You get annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and the annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling Annuity General today. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now. 800-760-1845, that's 800-760-1845. They say it's in your blood, a game that can't be won, only played. A love affair, it satisfies the soul and frustrates the intellect. The greatest game ever played, golf. It's real. And this is Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper, son of legendary golfer Billy Casper. Talking golf with you for more than two decades. And now, here's Brian and Bob. Well, thank you very much and welcome in. It's Real Golf Radio. I'm Brian Taylor. He's Bob Casper. It's great to be with you. At Real Golf is a Twitter handle. You can follow us along. We would love to uh, visit with you and uh, get your take on some of the things we're talking about today. You know, in that open, it talks about satisfying the soul and frustrating the intellect. Well, let me tell you a little bit of a sad story. Bob and I were scheduled at uh, this very moment to be playing at the famed Winged Foot Golf Club in Mamaroneck, New York, the site of yes. Billy Casper's victorious 1959 U.S. Open Championship. The famous par three, is it the third hole? Third hole. Where he notoriously laid up all three days, chipped up, made par, won by a shot. So I don't know that there's really ever a situation where a a player has taken the strategy in the modern game of laying up on a par three. But I'll never forget the first time you and I had a chance to play there. We're with the caddies, and they went to tell the story. They're like, oh. Yeah, well, we always tell the story, but you know the story because it was your dad. And Bob takes out a rescue club, which was fairly new at the time, and just striped it onto the green and landed about three feet and stuck. And we're like, well, Billy would have liked to have had that club. Yes, he would have. Yeah. Nevertheless. The reason he did it is because he realized that if he missed the green on either side, because of the slope of the green and and everything around the green that um, par, bogey wasn't a given. You could make some bigger numbers than that. So he decided that what he was going to do is just take a five iron, hit it down the fairway, um, and then just pitch it up and take it and and try to make a par every time. And he did make a par every time. Every hole that he played in that 72-hole tournament there on, on that par three, the third hole, made a par. And ended up, like you said, winning the golf tournament by a shot. 
And that takes a lot of confidence in your putting, doesn't it? In your short game to yeah. know that you yeah. can lay it up there and get it up and down every single time mm-hmm. on the par three. That's pretty good stuff. So calculated. Bobby was calculated. Yes. Hey, we got yes. a lot to talk about. Anne Ligori, she lives back there in New York and uh, does her golf show uh, that she's been doing for so many years, award winning on WFAN. She's going to join us because we're going to talk New York golf anyway. Plus America's favorite caddy stops by and some, yeah, some sorrowful and some good fall reflections here. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Are you looking to improve your baseball swing? You need the Rip Grip Pro. Co-created by Dodgers AAA star Drew Avins, the Rip Grip Pro will help you stay palm up, palm down, and pull the barrel of the bat through the zone instead of pushing it. Check out Drew's videos at ripgrippro.com and you'll see how this can help you or the baseball player in your family improve your ABs. Get the adjustability in your swing that you need. Go to ripgrippro.com. That's ripgrippro.com. A psoriasis flare-up can make a walk in the park. Well, no walk in the park. It's that obvious, huh? I've tried so many lotions and creams, but I still have symptoms. So those don't do enough to treat the inflammation beneath the skin, leaving you with those uncontrolled symptoms. Makes sense, but what else can I do? You can get real with your dermatologist so they can help you get clear. Make an appointment and, oh, you're already on it. Hi, yes, I'd like to make an appointment. Get real clear about psoriasis at letsgetrealclear.com. Sponsored by Advi. This is Ron Barr. Be sure to check out Sports Byline and the 8Side Network's outstanding eight-part podcast series, Behind the Barrier, Voices from the Negro Leagues. Here, Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, and others share their stories of the Negro Leagues, the challenges that the players face, and the importance of Negro League baseball to the game's history. Behind the Barrier is available now on the iHeart Podcast Network and all podcast platforms, including Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Stitcher, and Pandora. Check out Behind the Barrier. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/byline and use code byline. That's code byline at prizepicks.com slash byline for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. This new Wendy's Frosty flavor is way too exciting to keep under wraps. It's a brand new, first-of-its-kind flavor. Get this, pumpkin spice. I know, right? It's so good. It's rich, it's cozy. It's the perfect flavor for some fall frosty time. Watch, everyone will see it and jump on the bandwagon. Grab a never-before-seen Pumpkin Spice Frosty or Pumpkin Spice Frosty Cream Cold Brew today when you choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Limited time only. Participating U.S. Wendy's. Vanilla Frosty is temporarily unavailable. Now, back 
to Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. Welcome back. It's Real Golf Radio. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper with you. Thanks again for joining us. This segment brought to you in part by Black Desert Resort in St. George, Utah. Right now, the Tom Weiskopf Championship Design Course is open for play. Go to blackdesertresort.com to book your tee time and find out about exclusive real estate opportunities around this amazing, they're basically calling it a 600-acre entertainment venue. There is so much planned along with the PGA and LPGA tour events, the hotel, the residential villages, the water park, the restaurants, shopping, like this whole thing is unbelievable and you can be a part of it at blackdesertresort.com. It's it's pretty amazing that a year from now, uh, the tour will be making its first appearance there, which is pretty cool. Is it before or after? It's before Vegas. So, but oh, it's the okay. first weekend. So technically it would have been the just the weekend we just had in the past. Yeah. So we'd yeah. be a Vegas weekend this weekend. It'll have been that first weekend in October, which is... Which is awesome. I mean, um, I'm anxious to see what kind of players. I know in visiting with the partners that they are having conversations with some of the top players and looking to get commitments and 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 so forth. So they're uh, they're hiring a new tournament director, um, which to run the tour events, which is going to be. And I don't think yeah. that announcement's been made yet, but I understand it's quite the get. So. Yeah, there's some there's some cool stuff happening. I, I'm excited to get you down there. I, I still can't believe you haven't come down to play, but um, <laughs> it's phenomenal. The weather this week was, I mean, if you like 85 and sunny and calm, yeah. I mean, yeah. if you like that kind of thing, that's what it's like in St. George right now. Yeah, and it's supposed to be uh, this week in Vegas. It's supposed to be good weather. So this is a good week to have events here in Utah. You kind of cool things kind of cooled down a little bit in St. George. You don't get the um, up in those 90s and 100 degrees and that kind of thing, but you get um, some really kind of nice 80, 70, 80 degree weather, and um, it's going to be awesome. I'm excited. I'm excited for the guys to come here to to be able to play, and one of the jobs of the tournament director is to go out to the events on a weekly basis and and make sure that you get some big guys coming to play. That's right. And uh, the ladies will be coming in May. And you think about the first weekend in May and the first weekend in October. I mean, those are just ideal times to be down there. So the resort's going to show well. It's going to be a fun spectator experience. And by the way, speaking of the ladies, congrats to Aget Lanai, who I played with in a pro-am at the Epson Tour. She's back on the PLPGA Tour. Uh, Well done. She's a great player uh, from France and uh, hits the ball nicely and you know, it was uh, that was a fun experience to play in that pro am with her. See the things she's working on. Have her coach Vincent was there, working through some stuff. You know what he told me afterwards? I said, "How do you think she'll do lengthwise?" And he goes, "I'm working with her. She's got to get a little longer for the LPGA tour. She's just got to be a little longer." <laughs> it was kind of interesting. So, uh, speaking of length, we also have Lexi Thompson playing on the PGA tour this week. Yeah, how about I, that? Look, I guess I kind of am mixed. On the one hand, I'm just like, okay, great. On the other hand, I don't feel like it's that big of an anomaly, and I don't know that it should be an anomaly, quite frankly. Yeah. I, I feel like the women's game is really good right now. And I just I don't know that having an LPGA Tour player play on the PGA Tour is necessary to try to create any sort of cross-promotion for either tour, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. So I'm not here to criticize or to applaud the decision. Like to me, it's like, okay, she's playing great, 
But I'm like, I would, if I was going to Vegas to watch the PGA Tour event, it wouldn't necessarily be to watch Lexi. And I wouldn't tune in to watch women's golf because Lexi played on the PGA Tour. I would tune in to watch women's golf because I like to watch women's golf. I'll go watch the PGA Tour because I like to watch the PGA Tour. And so, you know, that, that, that's my, that's my feeling on it. I feel like women's golf is in a good place and standing on its own that it might not need these kinds of things. But then again, I'm not suggesting that it was women's golf that promoted this whole concept. It could have very well been Vegas trying to add a little bit extra buzz around their fall event. And, you know, I get that. I get that. Well, the sponsors have the ability to pick and choose whoever they would like, um, you know, takes a spot away from one of the, one of the regular tour players that's trying to improve his status and get up into that top 125, but the sponsor gets to do what they, what they like. Um, We've had what six players, six female players or women players that have, that have played on the PGA tour. It all started early on with uh, babe Diedrichson Saharias. She played seven times and the most recent time was the 1946 Los Angeles open. Um, and she WD from that event. Shirley Spork in 1952 at the Barracuda Championship finished 105th in that event. And then Annika Sorenstam in 2003, Shirley Whaley in 2003. Um, they Susie both Whaley. missed the cut. What? Susie. Yeah, Susie yeah. Whaley. Oh, I think I think you said Shirley. Go ahead. No, Susie. Um, and then uh, Michelle Wee West, she played eight times, most re- recently in 2008 at the Barracuda Championship, missed the cut. And then the most recent was Br- Brittany Lincecombe in 2018 at the Barbasol Championship, and she also missed the cut as well. So uh, going back to my point, like I hope that Lexi doesn't get any like hate or criticism for teaming right. it up. Right. I, I just, it's unnecessary. There, the fact that she got invited to play and she's playing good for her. Right. Yeah. And, and nobody should do anything but encourage or applaud her. Or if you're indifferent, then be indifferent, but you don't need to, I don't think it requires, this is not a thing where golf mob Twitter media needs to come out and defend the guy that didn't get in and all that kind of stuff. Look, spot tournaments, as you pointed out, sponsors, they'll choose to do what they're going to do. And yes, that's the end of it. So I don't really think she needs to be the brunt of any criticism or any unnecessary like accolades either, because she's a great player. She's a world-class player. She's a world-class professional and she'll given the opportunity to play in an event. She's playing. That's yeah. it. No more, no less yeah. in my opinion, but yep. that's just, it'll be fun. To, it'll be fun to see how she does. It's a golf course that will, it, it's not a, a huge bombers golf course. Um, it's, it's a golf course. That's probably around 71, 7,200 yards, something like that. Um, and it will be a course that, um, that she has some opportunities to make birdies and, and be able to, uh, to make the cut. Yeah. yeah 7,255 is what the golf course will play. All right, so, um, it's going to, it, it'll be fun to see how she does against these guys. It should be she the, started good. Well, go, I was going to say she started to play well, um, at the, at the Solheim cup when she hasn't had the best of years. But uh, she's starting to ride a little bit of a wave of momentum coming off of that Solheim Cup. 
And as I said, it should be noted if you're listening to this on Saturday morning when it airs that we've recorded this ahead of her teeing off. So, um, and that is because we are in New York. We were, again, supposed to be playing Wingfoot, and now we're not. But we're there because we'd already booked the trip, and we're having a good time. But uh, anyway, hopefully you enjoy the show nonetheless, and we'll see. When we come back, we'll uh, follow us on Twitter. We'll comment there, at Real Golf, on Lexi's performance. And you know what? Yeah, wishing her the best. Hopefully she makes the cut and plays great. I mean, that's yeah. that's, that's, that's awesome. That's, uh, and it's And if she doesn't, Again, I, I just I just don't have commentary for whether she plays well or whether she doesn't. It's just she's there. Go have a good time with it. Enjoy the experience, and hopefully the fans exactly. are, are positive. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, <clears throat> we're, we're official World Golf Ranking denies live of world ranking points. We're going to talk a lot about this, I'm sure, with our guests and whatnot. But my initial reaction is, who didn't see this coming, right? Yeah, this is of course fifty-four holes, forty-eight players' fields, limited, you know, um, no cuts, all that kind of thing. That this was never going to pass. It doesn't follow the criteria. And I think what's important to note here is this is a decision against the Live Tour, the league, whatever you want to call yes. it. Right? It's not. This is not a decision against the players. Because the players are obviously, they, they took some world-class players from the PGA Tour and put them on that circuit. Mm-hmm. The fact that they are not able to continue to earn world ranking points playing in those events should come as no surprise to them, even though they were promised by Greg Norman, who had, didn't really have any authority to promise anything when they went over there, sure. other than sure. cash, which I, my understanding is has been uh, handsomely delivered. Yes. So from that end of it, I, I just like, I don't... <laughs> This is not surprising to me. These players can go play other places and pick up world ranking points if they wish. Now, I think you're going to, people are going to come out and the critics, critics are going to come out and say, well, PGA tour has limited field, no cut events. They do. There's, there's, there's some exceptions there, but it's part of the greater ecosystem of regular events that are 72 holes. 72 holes is the standard. It's what it's been for decades. This is the 72 hole stroke play is what the merit is based on for individual professional golf. So, I mean, the the PGA championship used to have a match play component to it. It doesn't anymore because of this. Everything went to this standard. So I get that you're trying to do something different. You're trying to be louder. You're trying to be whatever it is, but don't be surprised if the status quo doesn't, they don't make accommodations to fit your unique format, right? I don't, yeah. I don't know why that should be such a big deal or so hard so, to understand. Yeah, Peter Dawson is the World Golf Rankings president, um, and he was the one that delivered the letter to uh, Greg Norman or had it sent to Greg Norman regarding this uh, not being or being denied. Um, also, the PGA Tour um, commissioner and the DP World Tour commissioner are both on that board that make um, votes, but they were, they took themselves out of the vote. They, they said they had, they had their tours. um, And um, so they, they just said, you know, we're not going to vote on it. Let the board vote on it. And, uh, and we'll stay out of the whole situation. And they did. So this is basically, um, unfortunately, a, a big thing against live golf. Um, but it's not, as we've said more and more and more, it's not against the players. Um, there's players that have had, have opportunities to play major championships. There's two major championships that they can qualify for, um, that they don't have to get in off of world ranking points. 
Um, also, you know, when it comes down to Ryder Cup and stuff like that, Brooks Kepka uh, ended up playing in the Ryder Cup because he qualified for it um, through his play in the major championships. So these guys, if they want to be part of the of the situation or part of the deal, um, then they've got to figure out what they need to do to, to be able to qualify. We are going to take a short break. We'll come back. We'll talk more about this. We'll also look at some fall golf reflections. Again, some, some blustery weather, some cooler weather coming. Going to start keeping us inside. We have to reflect back on the good days of golf over the uh, warm, sunshiny days. So what are some of those? You know what first one that came to my mind? Mm. L.A. Country Club. That was special. Yeah, that was awesome. Teeing it up at L.A., just mm-hmm. arriving, the whole thing. That, that's going to be something I'll think back on in the wintertime. So and later. to piggy, piggyback on that, Pebble Beach the next day. Well, that's not a bad two days. So uh, that'll be awesome. we'll reflect on some of that as well. Thanks for joining us. Brian and Bob, you're listening to Real Golf Radio. I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who've helped people that have been injured or wronged. If you've had a revision or removal surgery of a hernia mesh implant after 2008, pay close attention to this message. Hernia mesh manufacturers have recalled some of the mesh material that may have been used in your surgery due to high failure rate. The FDA has even blamed the recalled mesh material for some of the worst of the health issues reported by doctors and patients. If you've had two or more hernia surgeries for the same issue and you're having severe complications, call the legal helpline now. You could receive a free cash award and have your medical expenses covered. And there's no upfront cost to you. They only get paid if you win. So please call now. 800-817-2968-800-817-2968-800-817-2968 That's 800-817-2968 If you're moving to another state, you're getting a fresh start in a brand new town. And when you choose a moving company to help get your valuable possessions to that new home of yours, you want somebody that's going to take care of your things like you would. That's why you need to call Colonial Van Lines. They're America's number one moving company for a reason. Because they'll take care of your things like they would their possessions. They'll use caution so nothing gets damaged. And they won't treat you like a number, they'll treat you like a friend. And when you call now on a qualified move across state lines, they'll give you a $250 discount. Move your things the right way. Call Colonial Van Lines now for a free quote. Call now to learn more about this special $250 long-distance move discount. 800-847-0225. 800-847-0225. 800-847-0225. That's 800-847-0225. If you're struggling to keep up with conversations, avoiding restaurants because you can't understand the waiter, if you've got the TV volume way, way up, then you really need these. These tiny but powerful little hearing aids are the Nano CIC Rechargeable, priced at only $297 for a full pair. And no, these are not simply amplifiers. These are ultra-high quality, ultra-reliable hearing aids, priced thousands less than other hearing aids. They fit right in your ear, nothing shows on the back of your ear, and at only $297 for a full pair. When you order today, Nano will give you a 45-day money-back guarantee. Order right now and Nano will give you a free portable charging case, and even ship them to you for free. Here's the number, call now. 800-278-1738 
That's 800-278-1738. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Talking golf with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. One day you'll get it. Here's Brian and Bob. Right, welcome back to the show. It's brought to you in part by Callaway Golf and the new Apex Pro Series of Irons. There's three options for you. You can go through and mix and match. They've got some preform sets, or better yet, just get custom fit for yourself. But these are BEA beautiful. Check them out at, at the new Apex Pro Series of Irons at CallawayGolf.com. So we're doing a little bit of reflection here, Bob. I mentioned LACC. When you're looking back on it, how do you how do you overall rank LA Country Club? Because I get I get asked this a lot. I think it was there was a lot of people that were critical of the layout yeah. and the way that it played and whether it was a good enough spectator venue and things like that. What how do you when you look back on you played it and then from a playing ability and then from a spectator venue, what did you think of LACC? Well, let me start with the spectator venue. It was difficult because that's such a condensed, small area that that golf course is on. And to get people in and out of there was extremely difficult. So um, I think from that standpoint, that's why we only saw 30,000 people on the golf course when you normally see 50 or 60 at an open champ, U.S. Open Championship or at a major championship. So uh, I think it was, I think it was really difficult, but I think it was awesome. You know, we've got a, We've got another one coming there down the down the road, which is going to be at uh, Riviera. So that's going to be exciting because that's traditionally been one that's been uh, held in the past years um, there at Riviera, and it will be fun to have a U.S. Open back there. Same now, course designer. As, what pardon? Same, same, same course, course designer. designer yeah. right. And let me before right. you jump on to playability. So in your mind, the, the, if you're being critical at all, it's that because of the metropolitan and the accessibility to the golf course, it just limited the numbers, not so much. Yes. The, but in your mind, did the people that were there, did they have a good viewing experience? Or oh, do you yeah. think it was difficult? Absolutely. Yeah. I thought so. Too. Yeah. And, and one of the things they didn't do um, is they didn't put up the big grandstands for the most part in all the areas, you know, down the first hole, you had the big corporate yeah. air, area and, um, two or three levels, uh, those types of things. And they but had them out by 14 and yeah. And yep. what is that? Yeah. 14, I guess. Yeah. 14, 15, uh, 16, that area. But for the most part, you're not seeing that like every single place or every single hole, um, which helped for the viewing for the, the normal person that was out there walking the grounds and watching the golf tournament. And, and it seemed like it wasn't packed so that you had an opportunity to really kind of get in there and look and and be able to watch, which, yeah, was, which lot, was good. Yeah, a lot more up close and personal than yeah, you would normally. You're not absolutely. standing five, six, seven deep. But yeah. I think some people maybe were critical that it didn't provide that big game atmosphere. It wasn't loud and raucous and, you know, like you'd see in other majors sometimes. Well, and and that's that's that can be a gripe. But, sure. uh, but you know, it was a great venue. Um, now, as far as the play ability for the golf course, um, what they tried to do is make the fairways roll a little bit more, which was difficult because they had a bunch of rain yeah. earlier in the year. 
um, and and get the ball to chase away from the fairway down into um, those sloped um, fairways that they had there down into into the first cut and second cut of of the rough and that kind of thing. Um, the greens were pretty difficult, especially with the types of of slope they had in them. Um, when we played it, they had a lot of slope in them, and the, the caddies were telling us to putt it, you know, like four or five feet, and I'm thinking it's about a foot, maybe two. Um, and then when you make them a little firmer and a little uh, drier, then it's then it it becomes quite a bit difficult as well. But um, I thought it was a great golf course for a U.S. Open championship. Um, I thought the atmosphere was good. Um, I thought the players excelled and you could make a big number. You had a, a lot of risk reward to make good numbers. Um, I, I, I think it was, I think it was a really, really good test in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, Ricky shot a 62, right? I mean, and that was, you know, some people are critical that you shouldn't be able to shoot those kind of scores in the U S open, but those are the same people that are criticizing the USJ for trying to protect par and making these yeah. players look silly. So if you ever needed an example of a situation where the USGA wasn't trying to, you know, protect par mm -hmm. and just set the golf course up and let as hard. Look, they want it to go. be a fair and difficult test. There's no question. They want it to be the toughest test in golf, but I don't think they're pushing the edge. And apparently, and the caddies, probably one of them felt like it didn't push the edge enough. And yes. that, you know, when you see Wyndham Clark coming down the stretch trying to win a U.S. Open championship and he blows it right, 60 yards, and he still, you know, has a shot. I think that's where people say, you know, yeah, the U.S. Open's about hitting it straight, tight little fer ribbon fairways. And, you know, like what we were going to be playing a wing foot this weekend, right? Yeah. That's course, sort of the course <laughs> to end all courses when you speak about U.S. Open. But it's... uh that all said, I don't have a problem with it. People hated Chambers Bay. I didn't hate Chambers Bay from a player standpoint, other than the fescue greens were obviously out of control. They fixed that. From a spectator venue, it was impossible. And this is not the same thing. I don't think Chambers Bay and LACC are in the same no. conversation for a spectator ability. It was limited spectators. But again, for someone that's been there to a lot of them, that was kind of refreshing. And for those that were there, they got the opportunity, as you said, to get up close and personal. So, yeah, uh, yeah L.A. Country Club is a, is a special property. It doesn't get viewed very often. And to be able to see the public out there and the television cameras, I thought it was pretty cool. So that, that, that's a reflection I'll have. I'll enjoy the fact that we got to play there, but we got to be there to uh, watch that all unfold. And how about standing on the first tee there? with uh with some of our friends from utah and yeah just watching guys tee off and everybody rolling through and it's a pretty neat spot right on the back porch of that stately clubhouse that's neat mm -hmm. yeah it was really cool um that clubhouse is awesome inside to be able to walk through there and see uh the glitz and glamour and and um everything that's in there the pictures uh you know the almost the who's who's of who of who's been members there um, the club or the pro shop set apart from the clubhouse and uh, a really, really cool um, and accommodating um, professionals and assistant professionals and that kind of thing. And then, uh, like you said, that first tee and that ninth green right there um, and 18th green right there, um, just uh, just within feet of each other. And and yeah, it's it an was, experience. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. It's Great an experience. experience. There's no question. Hey, yep. this is not something I plan to talk about today, but just as a side note, and you're mentioning the clubhouse and whatnot. 
Do you think in order to be a good, to have a good club, do you need to have, is how, how important I should say is the clubhouse to a good club? And I say that with the, with the caveat that what does the clubhouse look at Cypress Point? Look like at Cypress Point. What does the clubhouse look like at Augusta National? What does the clubhouse look like at Pine Valley? Uh, like, when you start throwing some of those, now there's some big massive, like LA yeah. fits it, right? LA Country Club. I mean, the, the members there live in big yeah. houses like that. So to have something that matches, I get it. But what what's your take on the importance of a clubhouse as it relates to the golf experience? Well, I think it's, I think it's, all part of the experience, definitely. You know, as you talked about Augusta National, you know, you you think of of that that white clubhouse, mm-hmm. um, also with the oak tree out back, um, everything driving up Magnolia Lane and Champion Circle there. Um, all those things are part of that whole experience of being there. Um, to but be it's able not to like look a fancy back- clubhouse. No, it's not. It's not. And, and, but to be able to look back from the first fairway back to that clubhouse or coming up the 18th the, uh, and see that clubhouse, I think of Pinehurst also, which is a really, really cool one. Um, we were also at the PGA championship there in, in New York at Oak this, Hill. Yeah. At Oak Hill. And that's a great looking clubhouse. At Tudor style. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, you think about Wingfoot and all that stone, that dark mm-hmm. kind of grayish black stone on that clubhouse. Unique clubhouses or traditional clubhouses are all part of the experience when you have an opportunity to go and uh, view these types of venues, but also to play these types of venues. All right. So unique, but not necessarily fancy. Right. That's what right. I'm trying. I guess that's what I was trying to get yeah. at. Like if LA was fancy and it fits, right? But it also had this right. sort of you know historical look to the it. The traditional look. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and then of course, you know, we lost the one at, at Oakmont. Not Oakmont, but um uh, Oakland okay. Hills. Oakland you know, Hills, the yeah. Burned, like that that to me is a tragedy. Like it was big and it was but it was more of the historical aspect right. to it than than the fanciness to it. The, the, right. It's not like these brand new massive home looking and that's why I say like Cypress Point. Is there even yeah. a club? I mean, there's, you were, it's basically there's a pro a little shop. Teeny, there's yeah. a little teeny Paul, small pro shop. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> but that's what's like. There's something to that, right? Pine yeah, Valley. Exactly. The, they have like metal lockers in the locker room. Like you're in your yep. junior high, you know, gym. Well, they did at Oakmont too. Metal lockers. Did they move metal lockers there? I think so. Oh yeah. The, yeah I think they were, were. Yeah. Okay. I can't remember that, but yeah, that clubhouse was neat. Mm-hmm. The Jason Duffner story there. Yep. Duffner and. <laughs> Well, Ann Ligori is going to join us coming up next. This is kind of a little lead into, again, we're having a little fall golf reflections because we're, Bob and I were supposed to be playing Wingfoot this weekend in New York. It got rained out. Um, an event got rained out last week, which bumped us out this weekend. So we're not playing. So we're kind of just thinking about, and with the weather changing, there's going to be more time for reflections, less time or weather permitting to play golf. So we're thinking back on some of those. You mentioned Oak Hill. How about the way that place exploded Oh. When when block hits the hole in one there, um, yeah, that that yeah. that was a pretty cool memory on that. But so so one more fall reflection. Okay. Oh, okay. there's plenty of time for more. I know, but I got to throw in. Um, not only did we get to play L.A. North and also Wink, um, Pebble Beach, but you know, a few weeks before that, about a month before that, I got to play Augusta. You gonna be thinking about that, are you? For my fourth time. So yeah, I'll <laughs> think about that all year. Oh yeah, that's always special. It's been a good year for you. Wingfoot would it have been has, a cherry on top, yeah, but yeah, 
Yeah. I don't know. Pebble and Augusta. That's coming. We'll, we'll, we'll get that one. Pebble we'll and Augusta in the same year are pretty good. Hey, speaking of all those, Ooh. Anne Ligori, she hosts her golf show and has done this for a lot of years on WFAN New York. And she's an award-winning journalist and is a member out there at the Hampton, you know, out in the Hampton. She has a place out there, and she's kind of America's guest out there. I know, in fact, I think she's playing this weekend <laughs> in an event at Shinnecock and a little member uh, guest. So she's going to join us coming up next. We're going to talk about some of those great golf courses that are out there. It That's a special piece of property. We've done a whole show around Monterey or or Long Island, you know, what would you choose? And it, that was fun. We'll get Ann's take on that. Plus, she was at the Ryder Cup. Reflections on that when we come back here on Real Golf Radio. Everyone expects distance from their driver. We're shifting the paradigm to deliver far more than that. We constructed the first ever 360 carbon chassis. It's 44% lighter than titanium, shifting weight to actively enhance both distance and forgiveness. Now you get 15% tighter downrange dispersion in our longest driver ever. This is the new paradigm in performance from Callaway, the kings of distance. We all love heading to St. George for year-round fun, especially golf. But where to stay is always a challenge, and getting a tee time can be tough. What's been missing is a Scottsdale-style golf resort where you can stay and play and own your own residence. That's why we're building Black Desert Resort at Entrada, offering exceptional amenities from a spa, world-class dining and shopping, water park, and a Tom Weiskopf championship golf course. It's literally an outdoor paradise. Find out about exclusive real estate opportunities available now at blackdesertresort.com. This is not about splitting hairs. It's more precise than that. It's knowing to one one thousandth of an inch that every layer of every Chrome Soft is manufactured precisely, which we confirm with proprietary 3D X-ray. Precision technology is not an industry standard, but it is ours. You can hope your ball performs consistently, or you can know it will with precision technology. Chrome Soft, better for the best, better for everyone. There are currently 2 million American spouses and children whose family member was killed or disabled in defense of our country, which is why I founded the Folds of Honor, providing educational scholarships to the families of 1% of the Americans who protect our freedom. Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor. Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor. Please join our squadron today. Your $13 a month speaks volumes and changes lives forever. It looks like a blade. It feels like a blade, but it performs unlike any other. The new Odyssey Tri-Hot 5K is a radical departure from traditional thinking. With multi-material construction, a shallow CG, and MOI over 5,000, we've actually made the blade forgiving. The days of sacrificing performance for looks and feel just ended. The new Tri-Hot 5K, it's a blade unlike any other. From Odyssey, the number one putter on tour. Sometimes, less is more. Like creating a revolutionary new raw face to maximize spin in every possible condition. But other times, more is more. Like taking the most aggressive groove in golf and adding even more advanced wedge technology. Like optimized tungsten weighting. It takes true innovation to deliver pure spin in its rawest form. The new Jaws Raw from Callaway.
back to Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. All right, welcome back to Real Golf Radio. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper, so good to be with you. And we're excited as we're headed to New York for the weekend to talk to our favorite New Yorker in the golf media. Ann Liguori is the host of Talking Golf on WFAN there in New York. She's been doing that show for a long time. Award-winning, and she's an author as well as covering major championships like the Masters for the past 25 years. And we sit just down. We used to sit a little closer, but still in the same kind of row on the other side. She got the uh, air-conditioned side. We got the more yes. comfortable side of the arena there <laughs> at Augusta. And you can, can I, uh, the, the picture that will always be in my mind of you is in a full part parka at the masters every year inside the press building i know isn't that crazy on the right side of that media room the air blows right on me so i'm always wearing like a winter jacket and a ski cap and you guys are thinking wow they should be you should be skiing you should be in in utah right now (laughs) navigating the slope yeah Yeah, who knows we they sometimes they cut down on the air but uh i don't know I'm just, I've become, you know, just allergic to cold weather lately in my old age. <laughs> well, you kind of have the two little two step there worked out where you enjoy the summers out there at the Hamptons and then head down to Florida for the winters, right? Yeah, I'm very um, blessed to have uh, the, the best of both worlds uh, in West Hampton on the east end of Long Island. As you know, a lot of great golf courses out here. And then uh, when it gets Truly, end of November, early December, we head down to Florida and have a place in Lake Mary, and we, we stay there through the Masters, so um, it's great to, to be able to play golf. I actually play more golf in the winter because, as you guys know, from you know March, April through September, there's so much golf to cover that uh, you know we're, I'm on the road a lot, and just got back from the Ryder Cup in Roma, which was uh, very exciting. So I get to play more golf in the wintertime down south, and I cover golf and talk about the pros, um, you know, more between April and September. So that's fun, too. Can't play like them, but I can talk a good game. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned that you were in Rome for the Ryder Cup. Your overall thoughts of the Ryder Cup um, since we're, you just mentioned that? Sure. Well, the European team just played brilliant golf. Uh, so many great shots. You could, they could feel a ton of, of just highlight reels for sure. And uh, they were smart. I was very impressed with the European team captain, McDonald, just on and off the course. I just thought he made great moves. He was so articulate in his opening ceremony speech. Um, just really impressed with how they brought the whole team together. I thought they were more unified than the American team. They obviously um, did a lot in terms of inspiration with Seve Ballesteros. They set aside a, a locker for Seve in the, the team room. And, um, you know, I don't know if you saw on Sunday during the singles, they had, you know, the whole stands on one side of that opening hole and the audience hold up cards that, you know, pictured Seve Ballesteros. I mean, the whole week, they were just so, they played inspired golf. And it really showed how much the Ryder Cup means to the European team. They didn't have any side show dramas like the United States team, although it was interesting from our perspective to talk about it. It's great fodder for, for radio talk shows, all the side shows and drama and, you know, the hat, to wear the hat, the hat tricks, you know, to wear or to not to wear the hat. 
Patrick Cantley. You know, there's just so many stories going on with the American team that I thought distracted from the their play. And uh, there's, I think, many reasons why the U.S. did not win. One being they weren't prepared. Uh, they didn't. Uh, most of them hadn't played in weeks. And I also think, you know, they they flew over uh, Sunday night, getting in Monday morning, and you know, during these Ryder Cup weeks, you hit the ground running. And there's a six-hour time difference. I'm not making excuses for them, but I just think that's not enough time to get on European time and to kind of really just head into a week that's busier than ever. So I think they should have gotten there a couple of days before. I think their practices, their practice sessions should have been really more disciplined and, and more focused. I watched a couple of their practice days. And uh, I just thought that the Europeans excelled in every category. It's an interesting one. And Ligori joining us here on Real Golf Radio. It's interesting because for a lot of years, the U.S. was criticized when they would lose Ryder Cups for not, quote unquote, not caring as much as the Europeans. And as you've heard players talk about over the years, they they refute that, you know. And Tony Finau, a couple years ago, we visited with him, and he was really strong on how much they care about it, how much it meant to him, and all that kind of thing. And yet, when you go back and you look at the actions that you just mentioned, arriving, you know, the when, the time that they did, um, the limited practice rounds, that some of not having played for weeks leading into the event – to me, it feels like if it mattered more to you, you probably would have done it a little bit differently. Am I wrong in that assessment? Absolutely. Um, I know most of them went a couple weeks prior to practice on the golf course, which I thought was really important. I think each team should do that. Um, every Ryder Cup, I think it's so important to know the course and the nuances, particularly of Marco Simone, because the greens, the undulations in the greens were so extreme and it, it really takes a knowledgeable golfer and caddy to, to be able to navigate those greens. And so, yes, I think preparation is key. I also think, you know, a lot of the, the stories that came out about Patrick Cantley and, you know, why he wasn't wearing a hat, it just seemed like it was so distracting, you know, for the United States team. And then they were blaming, you know, the media where, as I just thought, if Patrick Cantley would have been, more direct and less elusive and answered the question, maybe that story would have gone away. I mean, he said he used all the hat waving as motivation to, to win his come from behind match on Saturday. But um, I just thought that all of that just made the U S team look bad because the entire concept of question of whether the Ryder cup U S team should be paid that kind of hovered over the entire week, that story. And, and mm. the players weren't really discussing it, but Patrick Cantley kind of started, initiated it by not wearing the hat. Just wear the hat. Yeah. You know, first he was saying, oh, it doesn't fit. And then somebody said, well, I don't want to get tan lines because he's going to get married, you know, the day after the Ryder Cup. And then we heard Xander Shoffley's father come out uh, either the Sunday afternoon of the singles matches or the Monday after saying, yeah, you know what? It is about money. The, the Ryder Cup members should be paid. And then you heard a couple of days later that Patrick Cantley uh, had said to Julius Mason of the PGA of America uh, the very first day when he was going to his first match on Friday, he said, you know, when, when Jason asked him, why weren't you wearing a cap? Patrick apparently said, 
I will when I get paid like you. And that mm. comes from a, you know, a very good source in the journalism world or somebody that I trust and, and believe. So all of this coming out, of course, after the fact, but it certainly, I think, was not positive. It was just not a positive message from the U.S. team during the Ryder Cup. If they have an issue with being paid, then why don't you resolve it before or after the Ryder mm-hmm. Cup, not during? Yeah. Instead of right in the middle of it, I agree. You've lived and uh, done your show there in the New York area, uh, especially out there on Long Island, and you're passionate about the golf out in that area. Tell us a little bit about Long Island and why you love it so much out there. Wow. There, you know, it's kind of like you know, the West Coast. You know, you have uh, the Monterey Peninsula and all the wonderful courses out there. We're, we're on the East Coast here. Well, we have Shinnecock, as you know, who Shinnecock's hosted so many USGA championships through the years. We have um, National Golf Links of America. We have Friars Head. We have Maidstone. Just had the opportunity to play Maidstone again yesterday. We have another Seth Rainer gem in Southampton Golf Club and West Hampton Country Club. There's, those two aren't as well known, but are certainly right up there. We have Sabonic, which hosted the Women's U.S. Open. We have Fisher's Island, which you have to get, you know, either fly to or, or take a boat to. But it's just really an abundance of riches when you talk about golf here on the east end of Long Island. But really, when you look at all of New York, the metropolitan area, whether it's Westchester with Wingfoot and, and New Jersey with Walters Roll, and there's so many great courses in the New York metropolitan area. I'm going to the uh, Metropolitan Golf Riders National Awards Dinner tonight, and uh, it's up in Westchester at Sleepy Hollow, another incredible golf course. In fact, uh, the Cameron... Young family is going to be honored, and uh, Cameron grew up playing there, and his father is the director of golf there. So there's just so many great golf courses in the New York metropolitan area. I hope you all can come out here, and and you need a couple weeks just to play off. Right. But let me know when you're coming to the East End, and we can certainly help you get on some of the most prestigious courses in the world right out here. Trust me, and we're down for that. We are down for that, for sure. So, Hey, by the way, congratulations. I, I understand we just caught you finishing up your second book. Tell us real quickly a little bit about that. Thanks for asking. It's going to be called Life Lessons in Golf. And basically, I talked to 12 legends in the game. Everybody from Jack Nicklaus to Ben Crenshaw to Nancy Lopez to Dan Stevenson, Annika, Tom Watson. Basically, it's what they learn from their day-to-day golf life that they bring to life. It's wisdom, you know, words of wisdom that they can share to men and women, young and old, about lessons that they've learned from golf that they bring to their day-to-day life. I love that. And it's coming out when? It's coming out in spring of 2024, so hopefully in time for the Masters in April. Perfect. You're the best, Anne. Thanks so much for taking some time. We appreciate it. Safe travels, my friends. Always a pleasure to visit with you. You got it. Thanks, That's Anne Ligori. You can hear her talking golf on WFAN in New York, and she's an author. You just heard the new book coming out in the spring. It's covered major championships uh, across the globe, Ryder Cup. She's the best. So appreciate Anne for taking some time. We'll enjoy her fine city this weekend. Stay tuned. We'll wrap up hour number one next. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. 
Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-390-5160-800-390-5160-800-390-5160. That's 800-390-5160. If you're taking a calcium supplement, it's probably not doing what you think it is. That's because you still lose bone density with traditional calcium supplements. That's where calcium from algae comes in. Algae Cal Plus doesn't just stop bone loss. It's the only supplement ever shown to increase bone density in clinical studies. That's right. Algae Cal Plus increases bone density, even if you're in your 80s. That's because your bones need more than just calcium and vitamin D to stay strong. There are actually 13 minerals and 3 vitamins needed to build healthy new bone. And Algae Cal Plus contains all of them. And it's proudly made in the USA. Your calcium doesn't increase bone density. Algae Cal Plus does. Talk to one of our bone health consultants today and see how Algae Cal Plus can start increasing your bone density. Call now. 800-437-8217. 800-437-8217. That's 800-437-8217. Has someone in your family lost a job recently? and now you can't afford your mortgage payment? Or do you have a rental property and your tenants aren't paying you? Quick Cash Offer can come to the rescue and pay you cash for your home immediately. Yes, sell your home and get cash all over the phone without dealing with real estate agents and risking your safety by showing your home to lukewarm buyers. You don't need to lose your home to foreclosure. If you have any equity in your home, we will buy it and give you cash within days, all in a simple over-the-phone and virtual process. Call Quick Cash Offer now before the economy gets worse. Sell a home you can't afford or just don't want to get the cash you need today. 800-788-1495-800-788-1495-800-788-1495-800-788-1495. That's 800-788-1495. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Talking golf with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. One day you'll get it. Here's Brian and Bob. Welcome back, Real Golf Radio. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Ann Liguori. Appreciate her taking some time there from New York and got a new book coming out. Gave us a little insights on some of the great golf courses out there and extended an invitation bob that we would be crazy not to accept and, and make I that agree. happen at some point in time so i agree let's do that we're 100%. not getting any younger you know no we got to go do that definitely coming up on the back Put those nine, ones on our list hour number two it's america's favorite caddy we'll also talk more about the official world golf ranking denying live of world ranking points bum 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 <laughs> Not happy over there in that camp. Greg Norman is not happy. Of course he's not. Some fall reflections. 
PGA Tour. We've got the latest standings, too. These guys are working up in this fall. Hi, this is Rick Tittle. Make sure to tune into my show, Titillating Sports, and it'll be three hours from 9 to noon on the West Coast. Titillating Sports every weekday on Sports Byline. You're listening to the Sports Byline USA Broadcast Network.